Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. If you can afford paying more than you're making off of a property for an extended period of time, then maybe you can consider purchasing it. But... That is a very, very strong caution. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. What's us today? Peyton Pearson. How you doing, Peyton? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing great as well, and welcome to the show. Peyton is in the Air Force. He's a research analyst. He's a former Air Force pilot. Thank you, sir, for what you are currently doing and have done for our country. He's got a 1,000-plus hours of flying experience. He owns three properties. He's in the process of acquiring his fourth, currently based in Dayton, Ohio. With that being said, Peyton, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. So hello, everybody. As you said, in the military, I'm currently a captain. So I've been in for about seven years. I went to the Air Force Academy prior. Yeah, got my degree in electrical engineering and then went to become a pilot and decided to come on over here to Dayton, Ohio. I'm working at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And I'm also going to Affitt, so the university on the base. But I hopped into real estate back in about 2017, just a little bit ago. Bought my first property, which is the property at which I am living, and really started to figure things out like I was looking around at the rental properties that were comparable to the one that I had just bought and realized, wow, the mortgage is significantly lower than what they're renting out the properties for. And the mortgage was very low for me to begin with. So I was thinking to myself, well, shoot, this might actually be very profitable. And my family is, especially my father, has been really wanting to jump into real estate for quite some time. It's, I guess, kind of a hereditary thing, if you want to say that. But uh, (laughs) either way, I got in just a couple of years ago, and I have a whole business proposal that I developed as a result. And considering my life goals, I have a very, very aggressive growth model set up for myself, which involves something to the effect of 
buying at least two apartment complexes per year for the next five to 10 years and then upping the ante a little bit to much bigger properties. Mm-hmm. So I've got an outlook of a very aggressive growth and I'm really just getting started now, but the momentum's going. I think you mentioned you had a business proposal with your father or you created one. If I heard you correctly, will you elaborate on that and what you did? Oh, yeah. So I guess a business model slash proposal is what you want to do if you're going to get really serious into whatever venture you decide to go into. And if you're really inspired, it's going to just kind of happen naturally, which it did with me. But basically, I wrote up a plan, literally wrote it up in Microsoft Word, just explaining what my process was going to be, so what the tiers would be. So I was going to start off, just get my feet wet and figure out how real estate works and how to make it profitable, figure out numbers like returns on investment, net operating income, cash flow positive, the cash flow quadrant and stuff like that, and get a feel of the things that I needed to know prior to doing really, really big things like buying 100-unit apartment complexes. So that's what I started up writing in the plan. Basically, the tiered system that I developed was something to the effect of starting off with four unit apartment complexes. And then after I've gotten at least 40 units, which would be in that case, 10 properties, I would then scale to around 32 unit apartment complexes. But of course, this can be kind of an exponential growth model rather than just a staggered growth model because I'll be making more income as I buy more properties. And then eventually go into the 32 plus unit apartment complexes, then the 100 plus unit apartment complexes, maybe in 20 years or so. And then once I get really, really big, get to my ultimate goal. This is a very lofty goal. <laughs> so I'm going to let you know that right now. But you got to shoot really high if you want to get really high. And the goal is to build hotels on the moon eventually. And by about the time that I'm in my 40s to even in my 50s is probably going to be about when humanity is actually establishing a sustainable, permanent presence on the moon. And I want to partake in that. So it doesn't have to all be scientific ventures and whatnot. So yeah, in this plan, I developed that procedure. I developed the general plan. So in words, what I want to do, and then step-by-step procedure, what I'm going to do to execute that goal. I also put in the business proposal specific types of properties that were good examples of what I was planning on buying and what I was planning on doing with them. I also put a sample statement of work in the finished business proposal where I show exactly what I would do to the properties that I would be buying. Because eventually the purpose of this is to beautify the world. I don't just want to buy properties to make money. I want to make the world a better place for people to live in. So that frankly, and this might be kind of a dark way of putting it, but I'm just going to be frank. I'm going to be blunt with it. I want to make the world a less tragic place for people to live in. And the way you do that is you make it more beautiful. And the way you make it more beautiful is you improve the things that you have control over. And the way you improve the things you have control over is you must first have control over them. The way you have control over real estate is you buy it. (laughs) So have control over the real estate, then I can start making it better. And then I can rent it out to people and make their lives better because they're living somewhere that doesn't suck the life out of them. So I put in that statement of work in the business proposal. 
And I had actually sent it out to a couple other entrepreneurs just to see what they thought, see if they wanted to work with me. And I also developed a executive summary. I put that all together, put in some sources. And now if anybody wants to see what I'm doing, oh, my financials are also in the business proposal as well. That's something that you want to have to present to get good loans at good rates. You got to prove to them that you're going to be able to pay it back type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm probably preaching to the choir to a lot of people, but to all those people who are listening to this podcast who are new, there you go. Hmm. Did you create that process or that proposal for someone in particular? It was so that I would have it for my own personal reference but also for my real estate agent that I work with pretty exclusively, as well as my loan officer that I work with pretty exclusively. This was basically to prove to them that I'm not just talking the talk. I actually want to walk the walk, that I know what I'm talking about and I'm actually going to execute. In true electrical engineer fashion, you created that process. And I would love to have been in the room when the loan officer was reading through it and you go through everything, you go through the terminology, you go through the types of properties you're buying, how you're underwriting them. And then he sees that you want to build on the moon. And he's like, <laughs> I be like, Peyton, I was with you all the way to this point, but seriously, you're building on the moon. Come on. Well, that's literally the moon shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I love it. You're the first person I've interviewed who has the vision of building hotels on the moon. So props to you for that. Let's talk about the three deals you have done. You said you live in one of them, so you're house hacking one of them. What about the other two? Tell us the purchase price and the business plan. Absolutely. So the first four-unit apartment complex that I purchased was just a nice little four-unit apartment complex in this place called Kettering, Ohio, which is a decent little suburb. It has some nice schools. It's pretty clean. And I bought it for $143,000. That's the great thing about the Dayton area, at least if you're going to buy in a decent part of the Dayton area, because you don't want to buy anywhere. you got to make sure that you're buying somewhere that you can handle. So yeah, $143,000 was the purchase price. And I structured that deal with my parents, actually. They lended me some money, and they get a rental dividend every month that I pay them. So I pay the mortgage down. I take my share, I pay off all the electrical and the gas and the sewage and the garbage and everything else, and they get their 315 a month, and I get my portion. So that was the first four-unit apartment complex I bought. How uh, much the did they second lend one, you? They lent me $15,000, so okay. just at the, at the critical point where it might not be worthwhile to lend the money. You might just want to try to raise it yourself and wait a little longer, but it worked and, out. And how much are they receiving a month? 315 a month. So... They're going to get all their money back in just about three years. Yeah, and then they're just that's gonna good. Up. Yeah, it's very you hooked good. them up. I did, I did. And basically the way you make it work, and I know that you know this, but for the audience, the way you make this work is uh, give good incentive to the people who are going to give you money to buy properties is you just offer that you're going to pay them a dividend every month and they give you money so that you can do the down payment, pay for all the bills, pay for the mortgage and everything else, and take care of the tenants. And that way, they get their X number of dollars per month, and then you're taking care of everything else. You might get a little bit more, but you also have to pay for the mortgage and all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And that way, their hands are clean, and you'll be able to keep on getting money from these people, and it won't be a big deal. So ultimately, my parents want to do this same type of process with me for about six to ten properties. 
which will come to anywhere from $1,800 to $3,000 that they're going to be making per month once they're done with it. So that's the structure of the first one. I put in about $20,000 for the down payment. They put in the other fifteen k Okay. And why did you borrow the fifteen k Was it because you didn't have the fifteen k or you didn't want to put that in? So you needed to bring on a partner? Yeah. So I had other things where my money was invested and I didn't want to take it out at that time because those other things are also growing and they have potential to grow very aggressively. So I want to leave them where they are. Like what? Well, I have a little bit in 401k, a little bit in a Roth IRA. Those things are not particularly aggressive growth, but nevertheless, I have some in there. I have some in a Robinhood account, and I have a significant amount in cryptocurrency. So that's, I'm just going to let that stay there. I could take it out at any time. It's completely liquid, but I'm not going to take it out because I want that to keep growing. So I can save anywhere with my current job. I also do some part-time jobs on the side so that I can acquire even more money for down payments. But I can save anywhere from fifty to 80000 a year if I'm really, really lean with my expenses, which I work hard to be lean. And then at that point, I had about $20,000 that I was willing to put in, and I asked my parents to partake in this with me. And I showed them the business model. I showed them the plan and... They told me what they wanted to do, and that's what we're going to do. Right now, I have another $10,000 loan that they gave me for the other property that I just bought, and I'm going to pay them back just straight cash plus 1000 So that's not going to be one where they're going to be invested in it with me. I'm just going to pay them straight back. Well, let's talk about that other one. What are the numbers on that other one? So the other property I bought was in this place called Oakwood, Ohio, which is the nicest municipality in the greater Dayton area. It's where there are million-dollar properties and whatnot. But I got a property, a four-unit apartment complex, for $129,900. Wow. Yeah. It was an incredibly good deal. When it was all said and done, the property was appraised when we were closing for 179000 So that was an instant $50,000 to my equity, plus the $32,000 that I put in the down payments means that I have $82,000 of equity instantly in the property. So ultimately what I'm going to do with that is, I mean, of course, I have to loan mature a little bit because it has to. And then in about six months, I'm probably going to take out a home equity line of credit on it so that I can use that money towards another down payment for another property mm-hmm. and also for some improvements to the property itself. The previous owner of it, she's a nice old lady, a real estate agent, but she didn't really take the best care of the property. The property's in decent shape. So it's what you would call a sound but ugly property. Yep. It's got good water heaters. It's got good HVAC, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just dirty and the carpets need to be replaced. And there's like one or two cracked windows and the paint needs to be repainted and stuff like that. I actually just got one of the units renovated and it looks sharp. I found a really good contractor that did it for very cheap and he does really high quality work. He was recommended to me by my real estate agent, a one Colleen Carr who also actually happens to be top 50 in the greater Dayton area. She's a very good real estate agent. So I basically hit the jackpot with her. So that worked out. How do you do a home equity line of credit on an investment property? Well, I know how you do it, but do you have a lender that will do that? Have you already figured that out? Oh, absolutely. This is something that we definitely want to talk about, don't we? Okay, so home equity line of credit or a HELOC, what that is, is you're taking a line of credit out 
on the selling value of your property, okay? So what happens is a bank will come in and appraise your property. You have to pay for the appraisal, so you need to keep that in mind. But they go in and they appraise your property and they say it's worth X number of dollars. So in my case, it was $179,000 that the property appraised for. And then typically they'll give you anywhere between a 70 to an 85% loan to value HELOC. Okay, so if my property is $179,000 appraised value, then they might give me 179,000 times 0.8. So currently I have a mortgage that's about $97,000. And if I get the property appraised for 179000 and they're going to give me an 80% loan to value or 80% value for the HELOC, I might be messing up my terms here, correct me if I'm wrong, but 80% value, they'll give you 80% of the value of your property. So it'd be 179000 which is the appraised value, times 0.8. You can do a calculation on that. It's something like 150000 ish And that value is the value on which you're taking the HELOC. So I don't know all the details of it because I still haven't done it yet. But HELOCs, one of the great things about it is that they're simple interest. So they're not amortized like your mortgage. They're simple. So if you go to a bank and they say they're going to give you a HELOC for $30,000 and then they say it's 6%, then that's a 6% interest on a 360-day year. So it ends up being something like, say you had a line of credit of $10,000. That'd be like $50 per day or something that you'd have to pay back. I haven't done that yet. But have you confirmed with a lender that they will do that on an investment property? I've talked to my loan officer, but we haven't actually gone through the process okay. yet. It's still going right. to be a while. Got the, it, got the, loan, it. the loan first. So. All right. So there might be some challenges there, but maybe you'll resolve it. So let's talk about the four units. You bought it for 129000 What are the rents? The bottom units, one's going for 575 That's the renovated one. And the one that I'm going to rent out here soon is going to be 525 And the two upper units are 450 and 460 Now, those are way below market right now. The market rents for apartments of similar type and size in that area are right around 575 to 650. They're way below market rates and that's because the previous owner rented them out for way below market rates. Okay. So right now it's bringing in around $2,010 and you can increase that an additional what, couple hundred bucks? Well, if I get all the units rented out for 600, that would be 2400 bucks a month. Do you have to do anything to get it moving ready? No, not really. The downstairs unit that I just renovated was basically the extent of what I had to do. So, right now it's 1.5% on the rent ratio dividing the rent by the purchase price. So that's solid, and then if you're able to increase it from $2010 to 2400, that's going to be 1.8%. So that's a nice cash flowing deal in a nice area too. How did you find both of those four units? The first one I purchased, the real estate agent with whom I work, I found through my running group. I'm a distance runner. I run marathons and stuff like that. And I found her because she's also a runner. And I basically told her my story and what it is that I was seeking to do. I told her the type of properties I was looking for. And this was about the November timeframe of 2018. And she said, yeah, okay, I can help you. 
and we decided to go out on one weekend and look at four separate four-unit apartment complexes in the Kettering area. And three of them were pretty horrendous. And then the one that we ended up settling on was just head and shoulders above the other three. The previous owner had bought it for $90,000. It was a short sale and he had renovated all four units. And he took very good care of the property. He had fixed some of the cracks in the foundation. He had replaced the water heater. He had done a lot of work with it, and he made a humongous profit off of it because he bought it for 90K and sold it for 143. But we did that, and that's how I found the first one. And that's why I'm continuing to work with my real estate agent. She's very good. Yeah, so the first one was that agent, and the second one was the agent too, right? Yeah. Well, based on your experience as a real estate investor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? So what it comes down to, number one thing, period, end of story, is not just location, but you have to run the numbers. You must, you must, you must, you must run the numbers. If it is not cash flow positive, then you really strongly want to consider not buying the property. Now, if you can afford paying more than you're making off of a property for an extended period of time, then maybe you can consider purchasing it. But that is a very, very strong caution. Now, real estate is very forgiving. Inflation rates of properties over the course of several years are pretty consistent at right around 2 to 3% sometimes higher if you're in Hollywood or something like that, sometimes lower, but they're pretty consistent. Nevertheless, rental rates also go up by about 2% per year. So real estate is very forgiving, but you must, you must, you must run the numbers and have them down solid in your mind. You need a net operating income that is positive, at least eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an important component. It's like the number one. Thing. Because in order to make a business profitable and therefore solvent and actually last is you have to make money. That's what it comes down to. Don't be afraid of tenant screening. If you buy a property that is severely under rented, it's probably being rented to fairly poor people. I'm not just talking economically. I'm talking about quality people, like poor quality people. This is not me trying to be mean or anything, but you've got to be realistic. There are people that are going to damage your property and whatnot, and you can't work with them. Then don't be afraid to find a way to kindly get them to leave because you're trying to improve the properties and make the business profitable. It has to be profitable. Otherwise, you can't do anything with it. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I've read several. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just going to go with the classic here, rich dad, poor dad. If you had to start over with no capital, what would you do? What year are we talking here? Right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. I would probably look deeper into research more of how to raise funds with private lenders. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? The property that I am currently living in is a single-family home. It is in a blue-collar neighborhood. I bought it for higher than I probably should have, and I'm probably not going to be able to sell it for a profit. Best ever deal you've done? That would be the Oakwood property that I bought for $50,000 below appraisal. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? With the profits that I make from my real estate work, as well as my job, give 10% back to my church, and as we were talking about earlier, build up the properties that I own and increase people's wonder and set a positive example for everyone else to follow of not giving up, working your butt off, and achieving anything that you set your mind to. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? You can find me on biggerpockets.com. My name is Peyton Pearson. And I've got quite a bit of information on there now. Well, Peyton, thank you for being on the show, talking about the way you intentionally set up your business very thoughtfully, putting together that business plan and your vision for where you're headed and how you were able to find the deals through relationships, groups that you're in, and then also the numbers on the deals and how you navigated some of the tricky parts of those. So thanks for being on the show Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast, hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer, interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.